Welcome to a Yin Yoga podcast. I'm your host, Nick Denu, certified yoga therapist, mentor of yoga teachers, Yin Yoga teacher trainer, and total Yin Yoga geek. If you have a crush on Yin Yoga and are ready to dive deep, then you're in the right place. Here, myself and my guests will discuss all things Yin Yoga, including anatomy, philosophy, traditional Chinese medicine, meditation, Taoism, teaching tips, and so much more. You can expect these conversations to be long format, informal, lo-fi, and delightfully imperfect. So whether you are a yoga teacher or a yin yoga student, I welcome you to the inside. Hi, Yinnies. Just a heads up to those of you that are watching this on YouTube, that in this solo episode today, I'm going to be going over quite a bit of theory. I got a lot of bullet points and lots of lists. And so I do have notes. And this is to keep me on track and to make sure that I don't miss anything. So you may see me looking up towards the camera and then looking back down frequently. And that's just because I'm checking out my notes, making sure that I've said everything that I want to say on each point. All right, let's continue. Okay, welcome back to the Yin Yoga podcast. If you are new around these parts, welcome. If you have been here before, welcome back. So today is a solo episode. And if we haven't met before, my name is Nick Danu. And I'm a yoga therapist and a yin yoga teacher trainer. If you are interested in more information, if you are a yoga teacher, you're interested in more information about my therapeutic yin teacher training, then I will leave a link in the show notes. And that link will take you to my page where you can look and see if there's current dates. If there aren't current dates listed, it's because I'm just planning them. Or if the dates don't work for you, still make sure that you hop down to the bottom of the page and add your email to the wait list. Anyone who's on the wait list gets first crack at the training before I post it anywhere on social media. I always email the wait list first. And you also get access to a registration discount. So those on my email list will get a discount code. And the first five people that use that code We'll get a discount off of the training. So even if the training dates don't work for you currently, make sure that you hop on the list so that you get advance notice about the next training. And if you are not a teacher and you're a member of the general public and you would like to practice some seasonal yin classes on Zoom with me, then I'll put a link down for that too. And again, same thing goes. If there are no dates listed, then make sure that you hop on my email list, which you can do at the top of my website or at the bottom. Either way, there's an opportunity there for you to enter your email and then you will get advanced notice as to when class registration opens up again. Okay, let's get into the episode. So I often notice both with my students and also just in kind of Facebook groups or teacher circles, that there isn't a very good understanding of yin-yang theory. And that can make teaching yin yoga pretty challenging. 
That's why there's all kinds of confusing things happening in the yoga verse when it comes to yin and yang. Confusing things like saying that they're teaching a yang to yin class, which doesn't make any sense because unless you start standing, you're still teaching a yin yang class, even if most of it's movement and then into stillness. That's a podcast for another time. And so I can see these often, these confusions about what yin is. And I think that's because a lot of yin trainings are quite short and they don't really dive into yin yang theory. And that might be because the teacher wants to focus more on other things, or it might be that the teacher who's doing the training actually hasn't studied Chinese medicine or Taoist philosophy in depth. And so they don't feel very confident sharing yin yang theory. Whatever the reason, I noticed that there's a hole in trainings. And even with teachers who've taken um, yin trainings, I often have teachers in my yin trainings that have already taken other yin yoga teacher trainings. And they come to mind and they're like, wow, we didn't even go over this in my first training. So everything that I'm about to go over together here in this episode is based on my yin training. Now, obviously in the training, we go into this even more in depth, but this will be kind of a good overview and a good introduction for those of you that are new to yin yang theory. And um, I just want you to be patient with yourself as we go through this, because yin philosophy is deep and so layered and it could be studied in depth for years. And in fact, many of the traditional medicine, Chinese medicine doctors or TCM from here on that I know and acupuncturists have told me that no matter how many years they've been practicing and treating people and no matter how much new information they learn, all the roots go back to yin and yang theory and that they are constantly discovering new layers and depths of this philosophy. So even those who have been practicing and studying this theory for many years are always getting new ahas. So this is intended as a brief overview or, or introduction to this for people who are new to this information. But if you are more confused after this, please know that's totally normal. This information for many Western brains is hard to wrap our heads around. Because as Westerners, we tend to like things in black and white, unintended. We like lists of right and wrong, yes and no, this or that. And so this philosophy can be a little difficult to grasp, especially for those of you that have a tendency towards black and white thinking and have difficulty embracing the gray. So we are going to go over some of this information as lists of opposites, because that's how our Western minds will be able to begin at least to wrap our heads around this. But eventually we have to let these lists go because they are beginner or immature. And as we let them go, we'll be able to embrace more of the depth and the beauty of this philosophy. But we have to start somewhere. All right, yin-yang theory. The yin-yang symbol 
which most of you are probably familiar with. It is a circle that is, you know, split into two teardrops, one being black and one being white. The yin-yang symbol, sometimes in lay terms, people refer to it as the Tai Chi symbol, has so much meaning beyond a faded tattoo, a symbol on a t-shirt or a sticker or a surfboard, or an homage to an, a 1980s martial arts movie. The yin-yang theory and symbol comes from Taoism. And the symbol represents the philosophical tradition of Chinese origin that emphasizes living in harmony with the Tao or the way. The symbol represents the sunny and the shady side of a mountain. The Tao is a fundamental idea in Taoism. However, the Tao denotes the principle that is the source, the pattern, and the substance of everything that exists. Yin and yang are also foundational in traditional Chinese medicine, or TCM. The roots of Taoism are believed to go back to at least the 4th century BCE. Early Taoists drew its philo philosophical ideas from the school of yin-yang naturalists and was influenced by one of the oldest texts in Chinese culture, the I Ching, which is a philosophical system about how to keep human behavior in harmony with the cycles of nature. I want to pause for a moment and just talk about the word harmony. Because often in the yoga verse, I will hear people using the word harmony and balance as if they are synonyms, as in harmony, aka balance, or harmony and balance are the same thing, but they're not. And the reason that we use the word harmony in Taoism and traditional Chinese medicine and not balance, if we're being skillful, is because there is, although to the Western brain, a subtle difference. It's a big difference. Well, let me explain. If you think about balance and old fashioned scales, the kind where, you know, there's a pillar up the middle and there's chains and two little trays that so you would be weighing one thing against another. If that scale is in balance, it is still, there is no movement. There is no change, there's no shifting, there's no growth. It is just still and stagnant. That is balance. Harmony, however, is always moving and in flux and responsive to what is going on around it. This will become a little bit more clear as we go through our yin-yang theory. But I just wanted to pick apart these words because call it a personal pet peeve, but I often see even folks in yin circles who have trainings using the word balance and harmony as interchangeable, and they are not interchangeable. Okay, from the Tao Te Ching, the Tao produced the one, the one produced the two, the two produced the three, and the three produced the 10,000 things. The 10,000 things carry the yin, and embrace the yang. Through the blending of qi, they achieve harmony. So yin-yang theory, here we go. 
the one produced the two, yin and yang. Yin-yang theory can be summarized by that symbol that we were just talking about, the Chinese Taoist symbol, the yin-yang symbol. The symbol is a metaphor. It's circular in nature, which represents the whole, but the symbol is also sectioned into two harmonious parts that create that whole. The white portion is the yang, and you may notice that I'm saying yang, not yang. This is how it is pronounced. It is pronounced yang. And the black portion is yin. The interaction of yin and yang create the chi. And chi is the potential for an action within a thing. And the process of a thing and is in the thing itself. And that's confusing. But in-depth chi might be an episode for a future, a future podcast. Yin and yang are opposites, but not in the way that we think of in the Western brain. Yin and yang are opposites, but they're also one. Say what? I know this sounds like a contradiction, but the opposition is because it is relative. So since something can never be only yin or only yang, unless you're relating it to its episode, sorry, to its opposite. So you need each of those to define the other. Let me explain. You cannot know, not know what darkness is unless you're comparing it to light. You cannot know what a sunset is if you don't know what a sunrise is. You do not know nighttime if you do not know daytime. You cannot know the earth without knowing the sky. So in this way, you cannot know what yin is unless you're comparing it to yang. And you cannot know what yang is unless you're comparing it to yin. Yin and yang are interdependent. Yin and yang are always in a state of flux and are interdependent on each other. And it's the harmony of yin and yang that is ideal. If there's too much yin or too much yang, there will not be harmony. Consider our breath as an example. Without an exhale, there will be no inhale. So in order to breathe properly, you need to exhale to make room for the inhale. So there must be a harmony between inhale and exhale. And so although yin and yang can be observed, they cannot be separated because they depend on each other for their actual definition. So it can only be said that something is yin by nature by comparing it to something that is yang and vice versa. Yin and yang wax and wane. So these teardrop shapes or sometimes they're referred to as fish within the yin yang symbol are also symbolic. There is a wider section of yin, so the black side, and that would be when the wider section is yin, then the yin is dominant and the yang 
is yielding to the yin, or sometimes they'll say retreating. And the thinner black section of that teardrop shape is the area where there is less yin. And so then the yang would be more dominant. The wider area of yang or the white would mean that the yin is yielding to the yang or retreating. In order to contract, it is first necessary to expand. In order to weaken, it is necessary first to strengthen. In order to destroy, it is necessary to promote. In order to grasp, it is first necessary to give. Again, from the Tao Te Ching. Yin and yang support each other. In traditional Chinese medicine, they use the word yin and yang control each other. And they do, especially when it comes to Chinese medicine diagnosis. But I feel like the word control has a little bit of baggage attached to it in Western culture. So I often say yin and yang control and support each other. So if there is too much yin, yang will be weak. If there's too much yang, yin will be weak. The two hold each other in a state of harmony. For example, if somebody works too much and never rests, they'll become ill. Conversely, if an individual only rests, got a lot of couch potato going on, and doesn't do any physical work or movement, you can also become ill. So the harmony of yin and yang requires the advancing and yielding of each like a dance. It's a dynamic process of transformation and change. If you only sit on the couch and never move your body, you will be ill. If you are always go, 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 and you never take time to rest, you can also become ill. Yin and yang have seeds of the other. So if you're looking at a yin-yang symbol, you will notice that the yin portion, the black portion, has a small little seed or a little dot of white or the yang within it. And that the yang portion has a small seed or a little dot of the black within it. This serves as a reminder that there is nothing that is 100% yin or 100% yang. Yin and yang transform into each other. So it's also worth noting that yin and yang portions flow into each other in this harmonious relationship. So they are mutually dependent on one another and in a constant continuous flow and a state of interbeing. And this is what's different than the word balance. In balance, we have stillness, stagnation. There is no flow, there is no movement. Whereas if we're thinking about harmony, there's a continuous ebb and flow of yielding and advancing, and they are completely interdependent on each other. Often when these concepts of yin and yang are explained to Western students, they are presented as lists of opposites. 
And even when I did my Chinese medicine studies, they did this lists of opposites. And this is because this is helpful for us in the beginning to begin to wrap our head around a concept that isn't as familiar. So we learn these in lists of opposites, and this can be super useful in the beginning. But as your studies and understanding of yin and yang grow, then we want to eventually let that list of opposites go and move away from this black and white thinking to be able to explore the complexity and beauty and depth of this philosophy. So although I'm presenting these as lists of opposites, remember that as I talk about yin qualities, nothing is 100% yin or 100% yang. So even these lists of opposites, although helpful as ideas and concepts, could be picked apart and are not 100% true. So what would be some common yin qualities to help us to kind of wrap our heads around this? Dark. Quiet. Yielding. Being more introverted. Introception. If you're not familiar with that word, I'll give a very brief definition. We'll do maybe a whole episode on that later. But introception is an awareness of what is happening inside of you. Inward, still, earth, water, the moon, decrease, night, winter and fall, heavy, downward, passive, cold. So those are some general yin-like qualities. Let's talk about yin as it relates to our body. The front of our body is considered yin. And the back of the body is considered yang. And this is because at the time in Chinese culture, when people were out doing their work, and we weren't all stuck in offices behind computers back then, um, the sun would have been hitting the back of their body as they were you know, farming or doing whatever work they were doing outside. So the front of the body is yin. The inside of your limbs, so the inner side of your arms, the inside of your legs, the midline, so the middle of your body, the lower half of the body, the inside of the body, the bone. Now, I've had questions in the past too about why is the lower half considered yin? It's because it's closer to the earth. And the earth is more yin-like in nature. And deep fascia is also in that list of yin. When it comes to the body. So let's discuss some yang qualities in general. Bright, boisterous, advancing, being more extroverted, outward. Active, it's connected to the elements of fire and wood, the sun, daytime, spring and summer, light, upward, dynamic, hot. And so yang as it relates to the body, the back of our body, 
the outside of your limbs, so the outer sides of your arms and your legs. The lateral line, so away from the midline. The upper half of the body being closer to the sky, to the heavens. The surface of the body, muscle and tendon. Okay, so you might be thinking right now, okay, well, this is all well and good, but what the hell does this have to do with yoga? So let's discuss some yin yang as it relates to our yoga practice. So since yin and yang are always in a state of flux and they're interdependent on each other, the harmony of yin and yang is ideal. However, most of the yoga practiced in North America is more yang-like in nature, some more than others. So for example, Hatha yoga, although still a form of yin yoga by the definitions we're going to go through here, probably less yang than maybe an Ashtanga practice. So yin and yang, again, remember being a spectrum. So some of these styles of yoga or characteristics will be a little more yang and a little less because yang is not a fixed point, but they do carry some common characteristics. Movement, repetition, striving, strengthening, effort, warmth or heat, proprioception. I talked briefly above about introception being an awareness of inside of you. Proprioception is what is necessary to be aware of what's happening outside of you. For example, if imagine you're standing at the front of your yoga mat and you are directed to step your right foot back to come into a high lunge. In order for you to know where your yoga mat is in space and where to place that foot, that requires proprioception. Flow, increased heart rate. Yang forms of yoga tend to be more structured there's more of a focus on the aesthetics. What does the pose look like? Or AKA alignment sometimes. The sun. In fact, there's many styles of yoga that include sun salutations in every single class. They are more achievement-based, more bright, more expansive, more of a focus on evolution. Yang styles of yoga tend to strengthen and stretch muscles. There's often a focus on structure, alignment, and the aesthetics of a pose. And in a yang style of yoga, one is more likely to increase their heat of their body, blood flow, and circulation due to the repetitive movement. Okay, so let's contrast that with some of the yin qualities and characteristics as it relates to yoga. Stillness, quiet, cool, surrender, opening, softness, introception. Again, the focus is oh, on an awareness of what is happening inside of you. Function, as opposed to aesthetics. They're more poses are more free form. No focus on alignment. The moon, dark, singular, meaning 
in a yin class, we're not repeating the same pose again and again. If we're doing an asymmetrical pose, we'll do one side and then the other, but we're not doing the same pose in repetition like you would in a more yang form of yoga. And in a yin practice, we're focusing more on involution, going inward. So it's important to remember that nothing is fully yin and nothing is fully yang. So yes, I just did these wonderful lists of opposites and our Western brain is going to want to grab onto those things and get attached to, no, but Nick said, this is yin, right? But we have to remember that nothing is fully yin and nothing is fully yang and that you're always in a state of flux and change and that you have to compare one to the other. So I can only say that something is yin if I can say that something else is yang. And that even within the yin-yang symbol itself, there's a little circle of yang in the black and in the, the yin portion of the symbol. And conversely, there's a little black circle in the white or the yang portion of the symbol. Let's take a moment to look at an example of how we have to analyze this and understand the framework of where we're making this analysis from in order for it to be accurate. So let's talk about a tree. If we were to use a tree as a way to explore yin-yang philosophy, we could say that the roots of the tree are yin because they're more hidden, they're in the dark, they're underground. And then with that comparison, then we could say that the trunk of the tree is actually more yang because it's above the ground and it's touched by the sun, it's closer to the sky. And if you were using um, the sun or distance from the sky as a way to define what is yin or yang, then this would be pretty clear for this frame of reference. But what if that wasn't the lens we were looking at the tree from? What if instead we were using the gauge of growth? or density as our reference for defining which parts of the tree are yin or yang. In that case, the roots grow more rapidly and are more dense, or sorry, less dense and solid than the trunk of the tree. And so in that case, they could be considered more yang because they are growing and expanding and they are less dense or solid. And the trunk of the tree, because it is solid and more slow growing could be considered more yin. So I'm going through this so that you understand that there is no definitive answer as to which part of the tree is yin or yang. The answer is often yes or both, or it depends. And this is one of the things that is beautiful about this philosophy and yin yoga in general, but also can be frustrating is that there are no black and whites. There are no right and wrongs. The answer is always, well, it depends. So let's summarize some of the things we've gone over so far. Yin-yang theory and the symbol comes from Taoism, which is a philosophical tradition of Chinese origin and the foundation for traditional Chinese medicine. Yin and yang are opposites. Yin and yang are interdependent. Yin and yang wax and wane. Yin and yang control, or I like to say, support each other. Yin and yang have seeds of the other. 
yin and yang transform into each other. So since nothing is wholly 100% yin or wholly 100% yang, they are always in the process of becoming each other, never existing on their own. They are completely interdependent. Yin and yang are continually moving, ebbing, flowing, yielding, advancing, shifting into each other. So when the question comes up, is this yin or is this yang? The answer is often uh, yes, or it depends. And I realize that this can be frustrating when we're new to these concepts. So just allow space for that. There are, of course, so many more layers of yin-yang philosophy. You could spend your whole life studying this philosophy. There are things like the time of day, the seasons, the elements, and the meridians. When I studied Chinese medicine, foods, herbs, all of these things. And we discuss several of those in my therapeutic yin yoga teacher training. We go over the days, the seasons, the elements, and the meridians, and the organs. All of those are in that training for teachers. So if you are a yoga teacher and you are interested in studying with me, again, I'll leave a link below to my yin training page. And if there's no dates that you can see or you can't make the dates that are currently there, make sure that you join the waitlist at the bottom of the page. Folks on my waitlist get advance notice when registration opens and an early registration discount and a bunch of other free yin yoga goodies in their inbox in between. And if you are interested in attending my seasonal yin yoga classes on Zoom, which are open to teachers and students, I'll also include a link to that in the show notes. I hope that you've enjoyed exploring yin and yang theory with me. If you're finding that you're very confused and maybe even a little frustrated, please know that's normal. I remember when I took my Chinese medicine studies and we were doing our TCM foundations, I think I might've been one of the only, or maybe two of us in the class that when we were exposed to this theory was like, yes, this makes perfect sense. Everybody else was scratching their head and feeling like banging their head into the desk. So if when I went over this, you were like, oh my gosh, I'm so confused. Please know that's normal. Yin-yang theory could be studied for many, many years. And again, we break this apart in more depth in my teacher training. All right, that's it for today. And I'll uh, talk to you in the next episode. Bye for now. For those of you who stick around until the very end, thank you. If you love this podcast, I'd be grateful if you gave it a review. It really helps other yin yoga lovers find it. If you've already given a review, would you consider sharing a screenshot in your Instagram stories? And don't forget to tag me at NickDanuYoga or at Yin Yoga Podcast so I can share the love. Before I sign off, some gratitude. First, for you, the listener, for spending time with me today. Big gratitude and deep reverence for my teacher, Paul Grilly, 
Thank you to Fred Westra for the hangdrunk samples. You can hear more of his music by clicking the link in the show notes. A big thank you to my beloved for mixing the intro and outro tracks. And until we meet again, may you be well. May you be content. May you be at peace. May you be free. <laughs>